You're listening to the Irish Rally Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by FAC, the simply automatic choice for automation equipment for gates, doors, barriers and rising bollards. Available from your security installer and electrician. Distributed to the trade in Ireland North and South by National Automation, the one-stop distributor for automation equipment, door entry intercom systems, CCTV, intruder and fire alarms, access control and locks. For more information, visit nal.ie forward slash products. Hello everyone and welcome along to the second episode of Season 2 here on the Irish Rally Podcast. First of all, I'd like to thank everyone who got in touch after the first episode of the new series, which of course was part one of the Austin Michaela story, and the feedback really has been tremendous over the past week and a half. At the start of Season 1, we set out our stall to give Irish Rallying a voice, and to help give the sport the coverage it used to get back in the 80s, 90s and noughties, and ultimately the coverage it deserves. And as a result of you, our loyal listeners, who made it to number one the Irish Charge this past week, which initially I thought might have been an April Fool's joke, but at the time of recording here now on the 8th of April 2021, the Irish Rally Podcast remains on top of the charts in our category. It's also been revealed in a post by Feedspot.com that the Irish Rally Podcast is among the top 15 rally podcasts in the world, and we're in good company as Crunching Gears, The Sprint Podcast and The Stage by Stage Way are also named. So with four podcasts that relate to Irish Rallying in the top 15 in the world, it's fair to say that the sport has got an improved amount of coverage, not just on the island of Ireland, but indeed all over the world. So thanks again to you, the listeners, and if you listen on your iPhone or iPad, tapping the 5 stars on the Apple Podcast app, which is built into those devices, really does help the profile of the show and gets us up the charts, which ultimately means more exposure for Irish rallying, and also reviews are most welcome, and can be done so anonymously, if you wish. You can also hit the follow button on Spotify and the subscribe button on YouTube. Okay, so let's get into the action with our second and final part of the Austin McHale story. We pick up where we left off with Austin talking about the fabulous Toyota Celica ST185. The 185 was very competitive as well. Toyota, they were still in the World Championship, and that was the KM703, which is a pretty well-known car. So it was a very lucky car, really, because we, had, we won two championships in sort of 97 and 98, and that was something like, I think it was... Um, 14 starts with two wins in two seconds or something like that, you know. So, uh, uh, it was probably one of my favorite cars, the, uh, the 185, uh, because it was really bulletproof in a way, you know. So we had a lot of close battles, obviously, with the, with, with Bertie and then years and Kenny and, uh, the rest of the lads that were there because, uh, most sports in Ireland, they were the golden years, really, sort of stuff, early nights to mid there were great times, Austin, and they're, you know, heading towards, I suppose, the late 90s in particular is when I remember going to rallies as a young lad and absolutely loving that particular car, the battles with Bertie, etc., etc. But, like, from, from your point of view, like, the next championship you won after 86 was 97. Like, little did you think that there was going to be 11 years between, you know, those championship titles, like, because it was quite a long time. So this was the dream car to, to get you back up on the horse again and get you back on the podium and top of the podium. Yeah, well, probably we didn't from sort of, uh, 90, 93 on, 93, 94, 95, uh, 96. We didn't do a lot, you know, we only did maybe two or three rallies, well, instead of a year. But, uh, when we got the, the new car, the 185, and we had a big push with Toyota Ireland and Castro, uh, which was, um, the Toyota Fires as well. So, like, I mean, the funds were there and uh, to run the car, we were backing from Ferretti. So it made all the, it made all the difference. We back competitive again, and uh, Brian Murphy uh, came with me full time then, and like Brian made a big difference. Um, he's a very good, uh, consistent 
co-driver, and I think it's the thing that when you're that time it's all fully paced notes, you have to really uh, trust your co-driver and uh, believe what he says, and uh, um, otherwise you're at nothing. But uh, yeah, Brian made a big, made a huge difference. You know, at the start of the years. 98 in particular then is a real kind of standout season. Obviously you went and, and put those titles back to back again. The second time you did back to back titles in your career and it gave you your fifth overall, which was, uh, you know, fantastic and record, record breaking, of course. But in that 98 season, it was full of drama from the get go. So you had a fantastic win, obviously in Galway, but then we had big controversy on the circuit and then subsequently on the lakes as well. So maybe you'll talk us through those. Um. I think, yeah, uh, we won Galway, I think, in 98. Yeah, we won Galway, we start with the, with the one side. And, uh, then the, obviously, the circle was, was the big battle. It was a major battle all weekend. We got a bit of time at the start with a puncher or whatever it was. And, uh, we were sort of a couple of minutes down or thereabouts on Bertie. So we put it right back down to the last stage, really, which is Hamilton's body. And, uh, we got back to time at the stage and I went up and, as I said before, it's easier being the, the greyhounds and the hare. In a way, to, when you're chasing somebody, you keep getting time back. And uh, some of the stage was then up around stuff I'm at as well, which would be Brian Murphy territory, which helped a bit. And uh, he, he was very confident on the notes there. He said, and the, the stage was in that area. And uh, so, as I said, the last stage was coming to folly, and we were 25 seconds down. Um, now, we're 25 seconds down on Berkeley, but we had road penalties, which was Brian was called into. Uh, uh, Arrival control at the start of the at the third stage, and uh, Marshall, the best of the wisdom, um, called him in a minute, called him in early. And when he, when we went in, um, she tried to penalize him a minute for being a minute early, which was, it was 20 seconds or whatever it was at the time. So, obviously, a row were up there with the, with the, with the, with the club of Marshall and Brian, etc. But, you know, that would be probably, we appeal it anyway. And, uh, the, it might matter one way or the other at the end of the event is what the club were, were trying to say, but they didn't realise at the end of the event that uh, it did matter because we had won the rally by a second and if we had the penalty, we had lost it by 19 seconds or whatever. So um, that was the, the way it went, but we had to, we had to go, like I mean, on, on the last the last stage that year on the circuit, which was it was about 18 or 20 miles, and it was really a flat out stage. Stage on a stage that I like because it's very bumpy, crest, tight, twisty in areas, and um, you need a good solid tar for it. And we had, you know, it was either go for it or not, and so we had to go flat out. And um, we got it by 20, we beat Bert by 26 seconds on the stage in the end, that's what we were around rally they won. So. Without, without creating much deal of controversy, I think you've kind of made it known before that that particular motor club you dealt with that situation mightn't have been your favourite to deal with. Out of all the more, there wasn't to be no like of anything. The um, USC is the USC, you know, but sure, you know, that's that's water on the bridge now. Like, obviously, to be you know, the likes, the likes of Galway you know, it was, was was really good. And I remember one year in Galway, um, we had all back in the 70s, and uh, we were doing the XR twin cam and uh, the engine problem before the start of the event, and uh, we got a car from. Uh, Budget here in Dublin, Budget Winter, because there is a car company, I can't remember what the name was, and it was what they gave the car for the rally. But we had to ring the motor club, and uh, Brian Brophy was this guy that's looking after the interest, he's looking after practically everything in the rally. So he said, right, you can get down here before three o'clock, I do, do a scrutiny, 
sign on and give you the route and all before for the start of the rally. And uh, like that was the likes of Galway, what Galway would do for you, you know, the really spectacular and that. And like, I mean, the likes of USA, you might you wouldn't even bother ringing them because you waste time. So, from one, from one controversy, Austin, we, we moved on to the next one with the Rally of the Lakes. And in that particular one, obviously, I, I remember Bertie going out early on the first day. Um, was that, but uh, James Leckie gave a kind of a, a virtuoso performance, and you guys went hell for leather throughout that event. And you encountered a little bit of difficulty then coming near the end of the rally. And I remember actually being outside the Green Eagle, and for a while, people didn't know who was after winning it. So, your memories of that one, yeah. Well, you know, after the the, the um, the surface of the um, the lakes, um, there was no really controversy in the lakes rally. Uh, James Leckie won the, won the event, we were, we were leading the rally by. Um, I think it was two stages to go by something like three minutes, and uh, we had a, a wishbone break. Uh, it was cracked, but um, they decided the, the lads in the wilderness decided to out the wishbone welded and put it back in, and uh, took out the wishbone and welded it, and uh, but then they couldn't get it back in. So, um, in a way, we got it in eventually, but we were late to start the next stage. And the uh, what had happened was the um, the arrival control was not in the position that it should have been in. The, the marshals was at the arrival control had moved back down because the long sewage cars was a hold up maybe for 20 cars, 30 cars. And, uh, when we, when we came, we got, we should have got our time at the, we got our arrival time which dropped us maybe, I think about 12 minutes, 14 minutes. And, uh, the whole thing was like, I mean, the whole thing with the, with the, uh, road penalty was in a bit of a mess. So, uh, I think that, uh, Mike Marshall, where was it? You see, or see the time that sort of decided to drop the road penalty for the rally because of all the traffic called up, etc. And that, and that meant that we'd have won the rally. But I don't think it's big on, on stage time we would have won the rally, but if they dropped the road penalty, uh, if we, or if the road penalty stayed, James Lakey would have won it. But, um, I think in, in the wisdom management side to leave, uh, which we were agreeable to, we were asked what did we think we said, well, you know, if the road penalty are there, if we have road penalty, we should be penalized, you know, and, and that's it, you know, because the previous rally we had the same problem over road penalties, and then that time it was illegal what the UAC had done, but I don't think it would be fair for James Becky, who was his first international, to have lost it over uh, road penalties being expanded. Uh, yeah, well, that's great sportsmanship on your behalf, I have to say, in fairness to you now, so that has to be, that has to be handed to you on, on that one, like, but, um, you know, all this, can you remember, was all that unfolding actually at the ramp? No, well, it, it was because it, it, there was, um, what they, what they actually decided to do with it was the first five cars, and uh, to make any road penalties or anything to withstand, and anything after that, all road penalties were gone, uh, because it would, it probably didn't really affect, I don't know what we affected that we don't achieve afterwards, but I think it probably would have been unfair. It's the only difference it made in the first five was between us and Lakey, who was second at the time, one two. So it reversed the one two. So you know, we, they asked us what did we think. We said, you know, we take our penalty, and we take it on the chin. And uh, Brian was actually Brian Murphy that was um, asking him to, you know, we I think it's probably the best thing to do in the interest of sport. Well, fair play to you. What, what goes around comes around because I suppose in the heel of the hunt, you know, you had the second place finish in Donegal. There was a problem with the car 20. You were due to, to do that, but I think you pulled out kind of late in the day. There was an issue with the car maybe the night before or something, Austin, I think, as far as I can remember. Yeah, we had a, we had a problem with the engine problem uh, with the 185, but we had the championship one anyway. So we mm-hmm. didn't do the event. Something got to do with the ECU. 
they couldn't get they, we had training use the ECU and they couldn't get the car to run properly and people then Brennan couldn't get it to work and uh, there's no point because they it was like burning the hole in the piston. Mm. The car wasn't running running properly and intermittent and uh, there's no point in doing that because the engine wasn't allowed with this. So you were champion in ninety eight and uh, obviously that's when Brought the record five five time champion, a record which uh, which still stands today. You know, so that was uh, that was remarkable. Obviously, very special at the time. Yeah, it was good. Like I mean, the car we we done uh, we won the, the, the championship twice and won the international that we had in seconds, and, and uh, we've done a few of the national rounds like the Lingus one and done in Port Leash, and you know, it's done a lot of other bits and pieces. And we the car was competitive. We're very happy with it. You know, so it was moving on into to 99 and uh, Galway we broke a biggest um, shaft the main shaft with the gearbox uh, at the start line of the first stage you know and after winning the previous you were first in the road and Bertie's right behind us and he sort of looked up to the crowd that he made too so probably taking the goal out of the rally for him as well the fact that we had just gone and hadn't even got over the start line of the first stage you know so that was a bit disappointing and uh, then the battle will recommence on the surface um, um, so we were, I don't remember where we were lying at the time, but um, we were on the first two or three, I think it was three, Andrew, Bertie, and ourselves, it was a three-way battle, and the last stage before we came out of um, out of the north, out of our mass, we crossed the border, and out over our crest, car got out of that light, and one side was the back was down the road, and uh, a bunch of side accidents were very lucky, because there was a triangle, in the middle of the T-junction, a triangle in the middle of the T-junction, and uh, there was a lot of uh, press photographers there. And uh, we're lucky we got down one side, and we didn't hit anybody, went back was in the ditch and all that. That was the end of that. Yeah, it was a massive accident. Very, very lucky, I suppose, that nobody was hurt yourself from Brian Spectator's media, the whole lot. But remarkably, a couple of weeks later, you had the car ready for Killarney. <laughs> I'm sure there was frantic hours put in trying to get that ready. Yeah, it was, yeah. The car wasn't that badly damaged uh, as such because um, when it rolled over, it, it looked worse than, than that and but it was smoke from underneath the bonnet when it landed and it was, it was, Brian was the first to get out on his side, got hit, he had got his door open and the window open and get out and it was, it was actually came out through the window. So, uh, it wasn't as bad as what it looked and, um, it was kind of straightened up and, uh, big learning that we finished in the first five advantages sport or something like that. Uh, that year we had probably I can't remember I know we had probably I can't remember what it was the the sleek was probably starting to come to the end of its competitiveness then you know the things were moving on and sleek was finished with, with Toyota for a couple of years prior to that because they were starting to develop the Corolla or that they uh, 205 was probably first after the 185 after the 205 for a few years and then coming after Corolla so the, 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 the 185 was uh, well, was, was really away, you know? Yeah. So with that Corolla, then I actually remember being down to Stone Throwers and the first event in that car, left-hand drive at the time. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I I, I thought I recall there was a conversion to right-hand drive. Was it actually the same car converted, or did you go with a different Corolla for for 2000? No, it was the same car. It was the one Corolla we have. It didn't have the yeah, same so, one. So you converted that. You converted it from left-hand drive then to right-hand drive, as I thought, and there was. A bit of hassle with that then, wasn't there? Were you getting some difficulty with that transition that led to, uh, you know, some mechanical problems? Yeah, well, after Donegal, we were before Donegal, and, and then we, after that, then we went, we did a rally in Madeira, um, which was very interesting. Um, 
towards the end of 1999 of uh, one of these um, European Championship rounds. And uh, it was actually the first time that we met uh, Sebastian Loeb right. on that event. He won the event. So uh, it was very interesting to do. And the first time we met him, he was only starting up and he was driving for Citroën at the time. You know, so we finished uh, European, I don't think it was World Championship, the European, and uh, we finished, I don't know where it was the third or fourth, something in the class. But um, it was very interesting. And then that was the last event we really did with this with this league, with the 185. And we moved on to the Corolla then, as you were saying. And uh, we the first two events we did in the Corolla, uh, which was KM166, was in uh, the Tom Hogan Motors, which is David Hogan, which was a major sponsor with me for a year from, from Galway. Uh, it was made Toyota Deer in Galway and Edison in Clare. So, um, it's only had to buy in a garage at that time there in, in Tipperary and Cairdy. So we did the stone throwers for that. We won the stone throwers, which was good for him for us to make the garage and that, you know. Mm-hmm. So we did that and then we did the ALC in, in, uh, in Port Leash and we won that as well. So it was a good start for the, for the Corona, you know. So, um, moving on, then we moved on to what was next would be, we had the Corona for the year 2000. There was an issue that there with the championship, that's with the championship, I think, and there was a, some sort of a delay. The summit rally came in anyway because a couple of events didn't run. I think the summit was a substitute for lack of events anyway, if, if I remember correctly. Um, I think I think we won Galway. I think I, three, I know we had three wins in the trust with the Corona at the start. I think Galway was the third, was the third one. And uh, in, in Killarney, I know we retired with a gearbox problem. And uh, in that year was the year that Bertie ran the Fisher engineering summit rally um, up in Sean Quinn's quarry you know so an incredible event yeah that was it was yeah it was very impressive because it, we were sort of starting from Manon across into Cavan and uh, it was incredible like I mean the way that the motorsport this year that year was you know the, the big thing it is now at the moment with the pandemic you know so uh, that was um, that, that year we did that and then there was the I can't remember I think Cockwell was second or third and uh, and what we did, the thing we did for the, the, the rally the bar that year as well, down in, in uh, France. Yeah, sixth overall there. And then in 2001, look, this this was a disaster of a year altogether. Like, I mean, it started off so badly with the, with the death of the Fishers. Like, I mean, such such a tragedy. Yeah, the, 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 the tragedy with the Fisher family was the, the start of uh, 2001 in January. But I'll never forget it, really. You know, it was, it was really, really, really a tragedy and put, really put everything back for really for the year, you know, so especially after that happened. The summer's rally you know, involved so much the previous, the previous two years or the prior to that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, was really sad. I lost a lot of the interest in motorsport really after that. You know, so, we didn't, we didn't do a lot that year. And uh, just uh, in around that time then, did you, you, you started focusing, I think, a bit on the British Championship. So, you know, you mentioned there you kind of you kind of lost interest a little bit when, you know, the untimely death of of Barty, which is such great tragedy, and Mark and Emma, as you, as you mentioned, like, and obviously another great tragedy in two thousand and two, Austin, with Frank Marr, like, and if we can just come to you on that for a moment, like, two, you know, three three unbelievable drivers, Barty, Mark, and Frank, like, and to lose to lose three giants of motorsport like that in the space of a couple of years, it was just you can't even put into words how how bleak that was for Irish rallying. Oh, yeah, it was, it was 
first clubs who was with Bertie and Mark Collins, and they won a few the finishes. The following year, we were down in, uh, we're actually down in, on an after Mayo Stadium, Gareth Aaron was doing it. And there's that evening, he got a phone call, bad news about, poor old Frank, you know, he's only, I was testing my car or something on the road, to, you know, um, and there wasn't a great couple of years, though, to be honest. Was that, in, if you don't mind me asking, was was that kind of a factor in, in maybe going over and competing in the British Championship as well? Did you want something different? Did you want to be away from it? And, and you know, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, but with the last lot of the interest, like I mean, a lot of people that was that I was uh, competing with over the years, two of them were gone anyway, yeah. and they you know, and um, was still there, and like Kenny and James Cullen or whatever, you know. But we decided to do the British Championship in the Corona, you know, and. Um, uh, we won the Welsh and sixth and thirds and fourths and fifths and accidents and roads and everything else involved with it. But um, just was enjoyable enough, you know, because we had done a bit of championship earlier on in the 70s and the 80s and uh, uh, the RAC and stuff like that. So, um, you know, in, in, in 2002, we sort of split out. We did the League Ireland. Um, we didn't finish the League Ireland. I had the punch down back again for the Cork 20 tired. So, there was a lot of different things with Corona that didn't go that well. It was, it was a very hard car to get handling right in the front. Um, there was no work done this year. You know, any work to be done, it had to really do it here, spend the time on it. And I didn't have the time. Um, and um, we just went went from there. And we started about the end of 2002. We sort of sold the Corolla and we moved on to, to the Subaru for a few events. And uh, a few few wins in that. We won the Sertifarian. And uh, then we continued with the um, Circle of Ireland with the I think, and the Pirelli. We won the Pirelli. Uh, I'm not sorry, we're, we're, we're first in or something the Pirelli. And uh, uh, we did the British Championship, but we didn't start it in time. So we finished, I think, the second yeah. the British Championship that year, you know, so. So second second three years in a row as well. Um, post- in the British Championship. Like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, we had a, we had a good lot of Results in it, you know. You did, yeah. yeah. Because first, like the first time you came second, you were in the Subaru, and then you moved on to the Focus, and um, you had that for two years in the British Championship when you, when you made a big assault on it. Now, one of those years as well, Brian actually ended up winning the, the Co Drivers Championship, so he's the British Champion winning Co Driver. I think due to the fact perhaps that David Higgins rotated Co Driver so much. Yeah, I think Brian. We see what happened with us, and you know, I suppose we're really that keen to try and win the British Championship. Like, I mean, it didn't really mean a lot. To me, to win the British Championship as such, um, not because of the championship, but our back was all coming from, from Ireland and the Irish Championship, the Irish Rides were much more important. And um, unfortunately, with Galway, um, with David Hogan and Tom Hogan Motors and the Toyota end, even though we were in a, uh, a focus at that stage, uh, David was still in the side of the car, was always in the side of all of my cars, and we'd always do Galway at the start of the year, and that meant that we, that we missed the which used to be the Mintex and then it was the, the, what well, I can't remember what was the name of the first round then. But like, I mean, it meant that we, we, it cost us dearly in a way because had we done that event for, for, in 2004 and 2005, we'd have won the British Championship twice, you know, which was, um, a bit disappointing that we should have done that, but like I said, we hadn't that huge interest in it, but, um, Brian, yes, Brian won the British Championship uh, for a call driver's end on the results that we had, which was sort of a, Maybe half-hearted effort for a better description, but um, you see, guards were starting to do some of the British Championship rounds as well in the with the Peugeot at the time. So that's 
part of the reason why I did the rounds were there, you know, and uh, this was for him because he was starting to move on the sport of Stephen Garrett at the time, you know, so. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that part and on, that, you know. on that as well, you know, Brian, it was actually 2004 that Brian won the, the co-drivers championship, so he's British champion with a co-driver, and that was when, as we said, David Higgins was, was rotated or whatever, so yeah, the three years, 2003, four and five, you were runner-up in the British Championship. But 2005 also was a special year. As you said, I think 2005 on the records is the year that uh, the Garrett used the Corolla and won the, the Forestry Championship. So <laughs> that was um, a, a very, a very what do you call it, convenient and efficient use of a car that you used to own. And a very special as well, that Garrett actually won a championship in it, starting off like. Yeah, well, he won the, he won the Irish Forestry Championship. You know, yeah. He, yeah. he won every round bar one. Um, I think he could have won them all. But, um, yeah, he was starting to to come into the WRC. It was like it means it's a fair move for him at a young age because the Corolla was at the top of the WRC at the time, and uh, as I said, we got a focus in as well. So he sort of stuck with the with the Corolla at the time, and, and then he moved the focus. We had an O5 focus, and he moved that in. I think that was about 2006. Um, the 2005, he he had done the British in the Peugeot. And that was the year that we did, we had the win in the Welsh and then Gartwood won the class and all the Welsh. So, you know, that made it, um, made it a good weekend for, for us and that, you know, I can't remember exactly his results, but they were all, they were all competitive and, uh, uh, I think he finished up runner up in the Peugeot Cup there, whatever they had at the time, you know, so before he moved into the Corolla, uh, doing the Irish Tournament Championship, or sorry, doing the Irish Forestry Championship, yeah. you know, which is, yeah, it was a fair, fair start from us. It was, and then in 06, of course, sixth overall in Rally Mexico. <laughs> Serious going, like. Yeah, he had moved, um, he had moved at that time to the focus, and, uh, he did, it was did about, uh, 10 rounds in the World Championship, and, uh, with him sport, and, uh, which, uh, which was very good for me. He's had a good result, and, uh, you know, with Malcolm Wilson's young, that's, uh, matching. Vincent was, was as well, and the two of them were about, uh, I think, Max was probably a couple of years older than, than Gareth, and uh, he was obviously uh, very competitive as well. So, I mean, it was a good match between the two of them. They were tit for tat the whole time, you know, and it was, it was a good benchmark for, for, for Gareth as well. And of course, they were looking at the time to try to get the, the World Championship to Ireland, and with Ronan Morgan and the rest of the, the gang. So, that was us coming down the line as well, you know. Absolutely, and I and I will come to that because that's that was very very special. I know how much of a part you played in making that happen, but also you know competing the three is competing together, yourself, Gareth, and Aaron. Like you know, so we'll definitely come to that in a, in a few moments' time. But two thousand and seven was a very special year for Aaron as um he won the national championship with Killian Duffy in all seven. So you had Gareth winning the forestry in Ireland in all five, yeah, Aaron moving on in all seven and winning uh you know the national championship. And uh, we'll come to 2010 when Garrett won the Tama Championship as well in a few moments. But serious strides made by the next generation. And you must have been such a proud dad at that stage, like. Yeah, when I stepped back a fair bit, sort of from 2006 on, you know, 2007 I did very little. Um, I think Aaron was doing a lot of the rounds in the, in the car that I used, the, the O3 Focus, as we call them. And uh, he had won, as we say, he had won the National Championship in it. And uh, he had done some of the the 05 as well, so there was two focuses at the time, but just mad amount of cars to have, but um, anyway, yeah, he, yeah, it was great for Aaron to win, uh, to win the national championship, and he had, I don't know, only four or five outright wins, you know, which is important, I think, like, with both of them, the outright win, more than a championship in a way, 
that was they were concentrating on, you know, and, and Aaron had basically all the right ways and, and Gary got the fish he said Mexico, which is fantastic result up against the cream of the world, you know, we had Sebastian Loeb and uh, all these guys uh home and um, all the all the Finnish guys there, uh, Herman and you know, all there at that time, you know. So it was very, very competitive in the World Championship then because we had a lot of different manufacturers at home, so and all the rest of them there as well, you know. Yeah, so talk to us about Rally Ireland then. So <laughs> three focuses out in, in 07 in Rally Ireland. Three uh, from the one family. Like a unique thing, really unique thing. Three people from the one family competing on the event. I'll double that up, you know. You can elaborate on that one for us because that is really, really special. But the makings of the event in the first place, you've, you've briefly touched on it. There was some making in that. Like there was years of preparation in that. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, 2007, uh Actually, 2006 was when we, the whole thing started for Rally Ireland uh, with Ronan and uh, getting uh, around at the WRC and uh, based in based in Sligo and uh, Gareth did the uh, the first event in 2006. So it was a pre-event for the World Championship at the time, and uh, they moved on for the following year. So um, yeah, we had uh, three focuses at the time. Gareth was doing the World Championship, and he was after very great results in a lot of the rounds we said earlier. Mexico, etc., and he was using the 06 car, and uh, Aaron was after winning the national championship in the 05, and I stood at the old 03, so I want, definitely was want to do uh, Rally, Rally Ireland, so we did it in 2007, and uh, that's, uh, I think, I can't remember what the results were, but um, we, I know that we were got punched, we were off the road, a couple of different things, but the guard was probably in the first 10, I'd say, at least, and Aaron. 8 overall and, for Gareth, and I think 12th overall for Aaron, so... Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. So, like, I mean, it was it was a very competitive rally. That was the year that Grumman had the famous accident there out near near Sligo, and I think Sebastian uh, Loeb won it, as far as I can remember. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah correct. Sordo was second. So, Sordo second, yeah, and Lafayette third. Lafayette third, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was very competitive uh, times in for more sport in Ireland, and then uh, two thousand eight, you know, was sort of was quite enough. We didn't. I didn't do anything like at that stage. I wasn't really concentrating too much on the, the world sport end. And then you had Rally Ireland uh, back again in 2009. You know, so um, and I think I think Seb won it again, and uh, the whole event ran very well. Based again, Vigo was going up into uh, the stage in the north, so back down to uh, Fermanagh, etc. And uh, we were disappointed, really, in a way that. Uh, that was the, the last round of the World Championship this year because there's a huge effort put into it. And it's a very expensive round um, of the championship in motorsport, you know, so um, you need major backing in that. But, um, you know, it was good to get and it was good to get for Rowan uh, to get here for the first uh, two years, you know, so. So, financially, financially, obviously, it wasn't a runner. I think that was the main reasons for it not being continued. But in the last couple of years, there is a big, strong push for it again, maybe under the guise of uh, Rally GB, but still on this island, which will be a major boost if it does come off. Well, yeah, that's that's true. Like, I mean, it's the tourist board, I think it's the tourist board in Northern Ireland that they're talking about putting money in this, this year, uh, for next year, that it was for this year. Yeah, like, I mean, the uh, Rally Wales has been over the years, fighting uh, from the West Coast, and uh, I think to run Rally Ireland here, really all the world championships, Rounds are backed by the, by their government, uh, to put in the necessary finance because you have to look at, you have to look at the big picture, you have to look at the tourism and you have to look at everything else. It, it is a major show and you have to look at everything else, the goals of this, you know, so, uh, unfortunately that wasn't forthwith coming, 
say, back in uh, 2007 and nine, and uh, it sort of fizzled out at the time because they just couldn't keep putting the money into it and not coming back to any advanced get without getting a major sponsor. So, like, I mean, that was sort of the last year with, uh, with FDA that tried to get it back again through Bobby Willis. Uh, it'd probably just a run around Northern Ireland. I don't know what he's taking on there, that you know, but it won't be, uh, it won't be based in the north and south like it was with, uh, when Rowan was running it. So, uh, you know, that, but that was the end of that, you know, that's when it went. Then we moved on to 2010 and Garrett won the championship in 2010. And, uh, the first time that father son had won the tournament championship. So, you know, overall, I had really backed out for the time, you know, I hadn't done any rally since the, uh, since Rally Ireland, I done nothing in 2008. I only did one rally in Rally Ireland in 2009, and I haven't done that many in 2007. So, you know, um, sort of all coming coming to an end, getting to all that open. Time time to step down. Well, Garrett winning that championship though, like that was, as you said, first father and son to do it. Like, uh, pretty special day. Yeah, well, like I mean, I think it was brilliant with 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 Aaron winning the, the national, and as I said earlier, he did a lot of national wins, and. Uh, Lingard come along and a good few international wins. He was doing the tarmac and, and Ireland was doing the national. And then to win the championship, he won the Nigal a couple of times. He had won Galway. He's won, he won quite the Ireland that I had won and um, he won the championship and uh, we're all very proud of the family for himself and Paul Nagel was with him then. And uh, to win the tarmac, uh, you know, it's, it's the first time it's happened here and uh, which is nice. Surely was, and uh, just the, the run in the M3 in 2011 up in Mayo with Brian as well in the extra vision stripes and the whole job. I mean, that was uh, that was pretty cool going back all the years, kind of a, a retro rewind sort of a job. Yeah, it wasn't actually our M3. It was an M3 that a friend of mine, Billy Coogan, had, and uh, uh, our car was sort of safe actually the, the original A, B, and Z. But um, yeah, it was nice to do the car to do that event in the car. It was, uh, which was interesting because the car wasn't really set up for allergy care. It wasn't set up for Mayo stages, which is all bumpy, wet. Again, and the first stage was a bit of a baptism to, to try and keep it on the road. But we swapped it on, which any wrap it on it. We had no test on it, really. And uh, at the end of the day, we had the m 3 back being competitive again. But, uh, yeah, that's the last event I've done, you know, which was 10 years ago now, you know, so... You will, you'll dust it off the, you'll dust it off again at the other stage, or another point in, in, in time, of course, and you'll definitely have a go at some sort of event, surely. Ah, well, sure. You know, we're still, still alive, and, you know, this pandemic is giving everybody fight at the moment, so we have to do that, I know. It sure is. I have a few quick fire ones. The first question I have, you've had, you've had some major offs in your time. We know Nakala and 89 going off at Will Harris Corner. You mentioned the spin up, um, on top of Nakala. Uh, the off in the circuit and the other big off in Donegal the Crawler. In those seconds, what goes through your mind when you're bracing for impact? Well, I think, you know, the, 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 the first thing that you're, that you're all conscious is that there's no spectators like the one in Donegal with the Corolla. It was a six-year job and um, I knew the spectators on the left-hand side. I knew that particular car and the Corolla just let go and uh, we cleared the bank and, you know, I don't know how we didn't get spectators. Um, I was very happy when we landed back in the Queens and looked around and seen that there was nobody or to those spectators injured or anything else. And uh, the other big one, of course, was the Seneca on the surface. Uh, coming down backwards there and, and, and not knowing what you're going to hit or where you're going to hit or where you are, you know, it, it's fairly frightening. Uh, but I expected when it hit the bank that we would have just bounced off and kept going. But I didn't know we'd clear the bank and land on the roof of the field. 
I suppose uh, one of my biggest accidents was really probably with the RS2000 uh, back in uh, 81 and uh, the year that we had the third in the Mintec and the next round was the Circle of Ireland and we were leading Group 1 as was known at the time uh, of the RS2000 with some like 12 minutes of a lead over a guy called Mike Stewart uh, who ended up working with M-Sport because um, he when we had the focus here so we doing a lot of dealing with Mike but anyway he was he was lying second and uh, we were fifth I think it was either fifth or sixth but Per Eklund was ahead of us and uh, he was running uh, a group B Toyota at the time you know which would be sort of the same as maybe an RS1800 or that you know but um, they weren't that far behind him and up in Donegal dropping the glenties and was, I was reading the stage obviously reading the stage at night the night on the head, it was the year before it was pace notes, and uh, I was reading it, the road, it goes straight to the hedges, but it was an over-press, and a nice left, suddenly a nice left, throughout the 18 in over the bank, and ran about 50 metres down the field on the roof, at the road about five or six times, and in the dark, I think, you know, okay, it'd be younger, and all then, and probably wouldn't have as much fear as you would have in later years, but uh, it definitely, we were shook after that accident, you know, so, uh, that would be the biggest, and that and the one on the Tabernacala. Tabernacala was with the Sedica, with the spin down the road. You didn't know whether you're going to go clean out over into the sea or whether you're going to hit the bank or whatever. But uh, I've had a few major ones, and I have probably stupid ones as well, but there was very little damage, you know. An opportunity for a regular drive at a world rally level. Do you think if you were in modern day rallying and you had a bit of backing behind you, no doubt you had the talent, you see what Craig is doing. Does that ever come into your head that, you know, you were definitely good enough for a regular drive? Is 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 it something that you ever think about? No, not really. Uh, I had opportunities yesterday in the to go and uh, compete in world championships and, and, and try and see what we could get or what we couldn't get or what was be available. There was a few opportunities, uh, definitely after the Mentex and uh, again uh, with the with, with Ford, uh, last year with Mark Lovell on the surface of Ireland and the, the Manta. I was happy to stay in Ireland and uh, I had a business started up in the Plantire construction business and I had a very young family. We, uh, seven parents were married young and, uh, I had no interest gone for 10 or 11 months a year away from home, away from family, uh, and that, and, uh, I just didn't have that uh, interest in the sport. Yes, they do this for the sport, but um, I prefer to, you know, be home every night and have the family and uh, build up our own business rather than stay in hotel room for that. Like, I think that World Championship stuff and that is far as you're single. Uh, yeah, what Craig is doing, 100% of the best to look to him, like, and that's, that's brilliant for him. And I think it's the same if you look at them uh, over the years with um, Colin McRae and all these guys, they're all, they're all single when they were trying to when they were doing the, the trying to get the world championship stuff, you know, and you yeah. think you take even even at the moment, you know, all the guys are up in their thirties and they're all still single, so they're dedicated to the sport, and that's fine. That's the way that you are, you know. But I think it's definitely a single man sport for a lot of lots of years, anyway. Can you remember vividly racing Carlos Science in Mandela? You were in the Sleeka, he was in the Corolla. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was really a PR exercise for for Toyota. And uh, they brought Carlos over in the Corolla uh, to Ireland for a publicity thing. And we were out the night before. And uh, some of the wrestlers with Toyota Ireland around the city. And that's in Carlos. And Carlos was very well recognized. I remember when this one 
this particular res- restaurant and uh, the, the two of the waitresses there were Spanish. And so in the thing, in the thing who was still the table, Carlos Sainz, and they were really taken aback for them. Yeah, they did that much as arranged them for a race in Montana, something like 10 or 12 laps. And um, he set us up that um, find the uh, cars go first and I go behind them and it's going to be competitive. And uh, where was Quiggs would, would win the race, you know, but um, I wasn't really going to be an authorised when he go first and you follow him. And uh, you're not expecting our men to pass him and not going to be able to. But at the last at the last minute, Carlos decided that he that he wants to run second. And he wants to be the hound and made me the hare, so I said, I was fair enough. So, you know, you'd have to pass me, so if you want to win. You know, so that's a, that's a pleasant side drop. And all he had to go was flat out. And, uh, yeah, we, we won, we won the race, which Carlos wasn't impressed with. He said, you should have sold on it. The other one said, well, that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> if the competitive nature of you was never going to let that happen. <laughs> I wouldn't do that at all. It was okay if he started ahead of me. And I couldn't pass him, fair enough. But I mean, the way it started, if I started ahead of him, you know, and I wasn't going to pass him if I could. Absolutely. The next generation, you have grandkids, obviously. Is there any inkling whatsoever that they might get involved? Well, they're all probably too young at the moment, bar the eldest grandchild, which is Adam Kelly, is his name, and that he's been through a lot of the rallies with me. Uh, he is, he has a buggy at the moment. He is very competitive. Uh, he's very good at GA, but he has a huge interest in motorsport. Uh, he's 10 at the moment, and, uh, you know, he has a big interest, and then Aaron Elvis, uh, seven, he is, uh, on seven, and he has a huge interest as well, he's actually seven last November, and, uh, then Garrett, uh, Sebastian, is interested in sport as well, but like, they're all interested in motorsport, but, you know, when they go over the, like, the GA is huge thing as well, more different, different stuff, you know, but, uh, I can hazard, I can hazard a guess, um, Sebastian, who he's, who he might be named after. I have a fair idea. <laughs> <laughs> I won't comment on that. Mother might debris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So who knows? It could, it could well happen. Uh, very likely that we'd, we'd have another generation. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, like I mean, there's, um, we have, um, of nine grandkids, uh, with seven, seven grandsons and, uh, two girls and, um, which is Aaron, Aaron is two girls and one boy, and you know, sort of. Uh, Aaron said that we're out of the whole lot of the probably will be one competitive try around. It wouldn't be advised them really to go into motorsport because it has just changed a lot and gone very expensive. And you know, what you would say by year. Yeah, by year. Right, here's the quick fire round. So, favorite Irish event? Uh, I'd have to say my favorite event would be at Gollum. Okay. And then golf. Okay. Favorite overseas Thank event? Let's put it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> favorite overseas event? Uh, Mexico. All right. Favorite car? One eight five snake. Toughest opponent? Berkey. Favorite Irish stage? Um, Balakbima in Clarny. Favorite hobby outside of rallying? Yeah. Have you a favorite band, type of music, or artist? Not particularly. Right. <laughs> not even generally, nothing at all. There was a, a favourite band that we used to always go to uh, called Platform, and we used to pay, pay in a place called the Embankment in Staggart, and we used to go there regular on uh, Saturday night, maybe about six or eight of us, and uh, they were brilliant. Favourite movie? Uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Most cherished win? I have to say the first one. 
right, in 83. Got 20. Austin McHale, five Tarmac Championships, you hold the record. 18 Tarmac Championship event wins. You hold the record with six wins in Galway. And also included in that, we have four for Car 20, two circuits, two in Killarney, two in Donegal. I thank you deeply and sincerely for giving up your time. It's been a pleasure sitting down and having this conversation with you. Kevin, you're 1,000 welcome. So there you have it, folks. The story of one of Ireland's sporting greats, Mr. Austin McHale. I'd like to thank Austin who gave up a large chunk of time in order to get this content together. I have to say it was an absolute pleasure to chat to him, especially as someone who I would have looked up to and been a massive fan of growing up. I'm also keen to get these podcasts to those who may not know how to find it or how to operate technology, be it older or younger. So if you could help do that for relations or friends or anyone you think of that might want to listen to the podcast, that would be very much appreciated as I'm sure lots of people would have followed us Mikhail's career with great interest back in the day and might enjoy his stories. Thanks again for listening in, folks, and another quick reminder to hit the five stars on Apple and to subscribe and follow for free also on Spotify, YouTube, and the other podcast apps, and you'll be notified of new episodes there. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email us at irishearlypodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, folks, take care. This podcast is sponsored by FAC, the simply automatic choice for automation equipment for gates, doors, barriers and rising bollards. Available from your security installer and electrician. Distributed to the trade in Ireland North and South by National Automation. The one-stop distributor for automation equipment, door entry intercom systems, CCTV, intruder and fire alarms, access control and locks. For more information, visit nal.ie forward slash products.